Toffee Blues USA, ladies and gentlemen, and others. I am Jerry. Joining me today, I have Jacob. Jacob, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm. It's been a it's been a long day, but you know what? I I get to I get to do a show with you. It's the first show I've done in a while. I I should have smiles, and I do. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, so just for a little bit of, of context for everybody, you may recognize me if you've watched Toffee Blues in the past, and you may have been like, where's the weird American guy with long hair and in need of a shave? Well, I, I had a job situation happen, which makes it difficult for me to record during the day, which is why I'm recording with Jacob now at night. It's sort of a what we do in the shadows kind of a thing. <laughs> Um, so I am from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Jacob, where where are you located, sir? I'm located in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So we're both Eastern Time Zone, everybody. Um, you know, we'll be we will be sharing the time zone love, though. It's not going to be all just Eastern Eastern <laughs> uh, American toffees. You know, we're going to be you know spreading it around. And that brings me to like, what is this? What is this thing? that you're watching or listening to, it is a new thing that, uh, that the Toffee Blues, you know, to, uh, you know, Captain Toffee Blues, uh, Toffee Blues John, if you want to call him that, either way, you know, said, hey, I've got this idea. And I said, well, I've got 10 other shows, but I'll say no to them for you. I'm joking. I have no other shows. Um, <laughs> so, but, so, so the, we started this thing. The thinking is, you know, we just want to reach out to more American Evertonians. Um, it's one of those things where we kind of feel like, uh, you know, especially a lot of the folks at Toffee Blues, you should see the messages they list. They talk about, oh, I feel like uh, Everton should be redoing more to reach out to, to American Evertonians or to try to reach out to those who haven't picked a team yet. Because, Jacob, as Americans, we pick teams. Oh, of course. Yeah, you just have to pick one and roll with it. You know what I mean? And it's it's a lot of psychology. It's like, oh, you know, you – in a past life, maybe maybe you were you know your team didn't win much, and so now you you pick a top six side so you can win vicariously vicariously in life through them. Or if you want to be like me and Jacob, you're okay with suffering through you know a, a stale one nil loss like yesterday. Choosing to suffer. Yes. Hey, it's not all suffering. Don't sit there. No, I don't want to sit there. This is not that kind of show. Well, we're not going to be. <laughs> We're not going to sit there and do a lot of self-flagellation. It's not really what this is about, <laughs> as far as I know. Uh, you never know. Sometimes we maybe may make it dark, especially after watching Milk Curdle, like the game we just saw. But hey, it's all right. But basically, that's what this is. There are other programs like this that reach out to American Evertonians, like uh, uh, American Toffees podcast. They're cool guys. We've both had the pleasure of talking to those dudes and being on their show before. So you should watch their show. Um, but also just other shows that maybe are not directed at Americans, like the other Toffee Blues shows. Uh, those are good guys, too. They're awesome. Uh, they're not just good. Oh, they're great. These are just all really cool people. It's really neat that, that the majority of the people involved in these fan products, they're cool. They're really cool. Yeah. Um, so... That is, that's, 
you could tell we don't know what this thing is yet. We just have <laughs> we got a cool lineup of stuff to talk about. But as far as the identity, we're trying to wrangle it. It's very you know I almost went into a, a Matt Foley the Chris Farley thing motivational speaker where he's like you want to <laughs> life by the tail you know that guy. Uh, oh, yeah, that's what sure. I feel like with this. Yeah, Jacob's already embarrassed. Uh, so <laughs> sorry, man. Uh, so. We need to we need to move on though. Uh, for for those of you who are American and haven't actually picked a squad yet, come to the blue side. Just saying, um, it's it's just you know it's better than red. It's the best have, club there is. Yeah, I like it. Everybody's been super cool, and I feel like to be able to gauge who you pick based on the type of folks that pull for them. That's just saying. All right. Um, yeah. Anyway, so let's have a conversation about that turd fest that happened yesterday. Uh, it's a one nil loss at White Hart Lane in front of uh, a roaring crowd of, I don't know, 12. Uh, so oh, plus subs. <laughs> hardly any people there. This is, this is life. Uh, so give me your early thoughts, Jacob, um, without saying too many bad words. <laughs> Your call on that, just saying. Oh, it's, oh, it's frustrating, but at the same time, I think it's just one of those things I've come to accept as when you're when you're in a project like Carlo has undertaken, there's going to be those. You get this great 2-1 win at home against Leicester where you're hanging out at the end, but you feel like they've really done something there. And then the very next game, you go on the road and just lay an absolute egg, and it's frustrating. But I think with the level of the squad that you have available, those kind of games are going to happen. And you fume and you get out of the way. And then I think you have to sit back and say, you know what? That's just going to happen with the players we have available. Big time Twitter fume, right? Oh, for sure. Which, is like, which is like the, uh, the, the, the Chico Azul chef kiss. You know, he's just yeah. like, oh, I love the fume. Uh, <laughs> which He's an artist, by the way. Oh, he's an artist. <laughs> that guy. Uh, so um, we'll say, uh, was it that bad? Do you think it was that bad? Uh, because the, I, fume, the fume was strong, my friend. But I wasn't. I, I, I wanted to see where, whether you thought it was, you know. I think for me, the problem is the goal is really unlucky, first of all. I think the goal we can see is really unlucky. Michael Keane trying to get in the way. He's been great, by the way, since the restart. I think one of our best players. Fantastic turnaround. And then I think after that, you get into the second half and you see Carlo make all the changes. And our midfield is just it's, – it's bad. It's, it's just bad. Andre Gomez hasn't been with it and you can't, and it's not linking the midfield to the front line and he's throwing all these attacking players and you're still not quite creating the chances. And I think it's not horrible, but against a team that you can see is just not really with it and you're not really having a go at them. It's super frustrating. And I think that really kindles the fire of fume on Twitter, what you see with everybody just wanting the whole team sold. Yeah. I, I feel like our identity as of late has been, chill almost a very like rope-a-dope kind of a uh, you know muhammad ali like let them come let them come let them come make a mistake catch them let's have a goal you know right. what i mean it's right. i wouldn't i wouldn't say it's just straight counter-attacking football because i think there are there are times where we where we bring a lot of attacking pressure but i i, I actually kind of feel like spurs is not too dissimilar in that, no, no, I think they play a very similar style. Yeah, you know, and they're both kind of, both. But I thought both teams had really good defensive shape. 
Oh, for sure. We had a really good defensive shape and so did they. And I think that's the problem that we yeah. had is their defensive shape was so good. Even though I thought before the game, since their back line is just not the quickest, I thought maybe we'd have some joy running to the middle and mm-hmm. we just never could quite get that final ball through and break that back line. Yeah. Um, you know, once we, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Once we get the ball, you our, our formation shifts and we see those, I know definitely in the second half, I noticed it more just, the, our, our two outside fullbacks, outside backs, just streak up the field. They're right. gone. And then, so basically, you've got the two center backs, and you've got the two, you know, you've got Tom Davies, and you've got uh, Andre Gomez hanging back two to where they're four back, and then the rest is just like, go. Go, yeah. my son. You know what I mean? And <laughs> it's, it's a strange, it was it was a very, I don't know. At times, it, it works out for us. Um, it was just... I got to be honest, attacking ingenuity. That's what I have down here as my, as a negative, just not a lot of thoughtful, uh, creative unlocking of the defense. You know, we had yeah. a, we had one opportunity that resulted, I think, uh, Loris blamed it on Son when, uh, Richarlison got that shot off near the end of the, yeah, at the end of the half. Yeah. Half. Yeah. I mean, it's a good shot. Um, and it was a good chance and it was all, it's always nice to see someone yelling at Son. Um, that's cool. <laughs> of course. Yeah, Great. I'm fine with that. I would have loved to hear Loris and his French accent just going off on him. That would have been fine. Because <laughs> um, I was I was really expecting some harder hits on, on Son Young-min. Oh, yeah, uh, no, me too. Just didn't see it. Um, mm-hmm. It's almost like they're, I don't know, ethical professionals, Jacob. It's weird. All right, it's um, crazy. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I thought, uh, you know, defensive shape was strong. Just not a whole lot of uh, ability to, to unlock what was a very disciplined side defensively um uh performers for us that you saw is standing out in a good way oh the first one that jumps off the page to me is anthony gordon you love that guy you got... oh an absolute starlet he comes on in the second half and it's it's a completely different attack because he's bursting through and he's creating those final balls in and you can just see oozing quality i haven't been so excited for a kid coming into our team and I think the whole the whole time I've been supporting almost it's in mm-hmm. okay don't get me wrong you don't want to get on it too quick cuz it's been what three or four games but yeah, man oh, I'm starting mean. to get excited and it's an issue <laughs> it's an issue Jerry <laughs> I've pre-ordered four kits already <laughs> the home away in the third in the quarter I could only get the home but I need I need them for like more than one day during the week <laughs> no, it's it's he's still young, he still makes mistakes, but you got to oh, love sure. got to love the bravery. You right. know, there's a certain it's it's confidence, but it's I, I remember uh one of the things Mar- Roberto Martinez used to say is talk about arrogance. Um he he would talk about players being arrogant, but he said it in a positive way. Like I'm going to get past this guy and I'm going to put some pressure right. going forward. And I think you see it a lot of times out of young players mm-hmm. when they're coming through. It's almost like they don't know any better. Yeah, they absolutely. Don't know any, you know, it's like they're just like it's like ah, oh, they're not they're not beaten down by life yet, and they're like oh, score every ball. Who maybe you're thinking, you know, not sure if that person really uh, up to snuff. Oh, uh, you can, I Gilfie Sigurdsson, Alex Wobie, mm-hmm. lump them both together, just really bad. Mm-hmm. It's just it's not good enough, and I don't want to draw us on it too much because you see it all over social media, and it's way really yeah. bad over there, and it's just yeah. – it just doesn't feel like 
the passion is there. Yeah. It feels like a lot of really lackadaisical movement off the ball, on the ball, not a lot of drive going forward. It's just bad. And that's the kind of, that's really the kind of stuff you need to iron out if you're going to compete at a higher level, in my opinion. I'm not completely, I'm not completely sure if they're playing like the positions that are like their, their, their best positions. You know what I mean? I, almost oh, I agree. Like, I agree. You know, they're, square peg round hole kind of thing i feel like you know right. we i think we've we've talked a lot on our message boards about how it will be would be great in like a, a number 10 role behind the striker more of a central attacking mid second striker like going forward being able to kind of carry the ball feed you know um and i 100 percent agree with that i think we're doing Owobi a, a bit of a disservice playing him out wide i think he really struggles out there but also i think it's like you said square peg round hole there's just not really a place to put him in the system we're gonna play yeah i, I think the thing that really got me about sigurdsson is you know and i love him but i mean he's pulling, yeah. out, of, pulling out of tackles man yeah pulling out of 50 50s what is that nonsense gary neville was on his ass Apparently. And as as American toffees, we don't get the Gary Neville experience. I know. But... I had to like watch other people's like screen recordings on Twitter to hear him like ripping. Oh, into... just in- going in, incredible, <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. And, and him talking about the Jordan Pickford at the end, you know, lobbing the ball up to Bernard, who's like He's four, four foot, foot six. <laughs> <laughs> that really got me. That was funny. It was funny, uh, but. So yeah, it's it's a weird thing. I, for me, it's like if you're if you've been asked to play a position that's not you, you you bust your ass and do your best. Right. And that's the thing that got me. That's what turned me off of Schneiderlin, and people who watched Toffee Blues before when I was on, I would just kind of, you know, just belabor the whole like Schneiderlin <laughs> would be in the box. He's walking after a loose ball. And and the opposition is running in there trying to get the shot, and he's just strolling over, and I'm saying the bad words, time uh, time. you know. I'm like kids earmuffs, you know. It's, just, <laughs> it's the only, you know. Uh, and and so I kind of felt that way watching, watching Gilfie. That sucks. I'm like, I mean, I'm not, this is coming from a guy. My kid, you know, got Sigurdsson on the back of his kit. You know See, what that, I mean? I have him on my kit from last year, and it's it's incredibly yeah. frustrating because. There's talent in there. There's mm-hmm. a fifty million dollar talent that we signed, hoping for top six quality in the midfield, and you see it in flashes, ever increasingly rare flashes, but you know it's there, and that's why the laziness is just really frustrating. It's weird because I I can't point to like every play and say, Okay, he's not running because you see, you know, first half he's pressing like crazy. Yeah, he's, he's pressing. hustling really hard. He is working. You know, it's just there's something missing in terms of of chemistry, of him feeling like he fits, right. I feel like almost, you know, I don't feel like he thinks like, hey, this is my team anymore. Right. You, you know, um, I, I think he I don't know. There's rumors of him being off potentially to, to Sheffield, you know, next that season, you know, and maybe maybe. You know, that could, that could be a huge career reboot for him. I mean, I don't I don't even think it's a case of he needs to leave and go play in a lower quality league. I think maybe right. he just needs a fresh change of scenery, kind of. I could see it happen into a, a different Premier League team. I could. Oh, for you sure. Know? 100% agree. Yeah. So 
So yeah, not all. And and just to be clear, you talked earlier about the Michael Keane own goal. I I agree. I don't think it was a bad play by Keane. I think if you look look at the play itself, it's just a crap play. Yeah. You know, Harry Kane tries what looks like to shoot on goal. It deflects, goes over to Lacelso. Lacelso does a move, and Luca Dean, who is drifted over and is covering him, and is doing what he's supposed to do, right. is covering him, has the goal covered, and forces his shot wide. Well wide. You know what I mean? It's going wide. Mm-hmm. So Luca Dean is that like the the announcers, the whoever it was the was doing the you know the announcing. He had said, "Oh, they they should have." closed down that shot and i'm like no he did he pushed it wide it oh, was yeah, not for sure. a, it was not an awful play by luca dean it just you know he didn't straight up block it um just just one of those you know if i believed in those like oh that's so everton kind of things then yeah. you know i'd say that but i'm not I'm not saying it i'm trying to trying to get out of that that frame of mind i realize i feel like a lot of times the uh, us american Everton supporters are more like starry-eyed, and we're like, "Oh, we're super positive, yay!" Right, you know? right. And and uh, I feel like being on there with Terry is like, "Oh, Jerry, oh, oh Jerry." Jerry. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so it was frustrating. I don't I don't think it was. I, I mentioned you know just a, a a shower of turds earlier. I don't think it was a straight up turd shower. I just I feel like it was just, you know, one turd that stunk, but it was in a corner and nobody really noticed it. Nobody's going to care about this boring game. It was awful. I've got friends yeah. who are Spurs fans. They didn't care. It was no. awful. They didn't like the game either. Everyone thought it should have been nil-nil, and frankly, it smelled like a nil-nil draw. Really, it really had that same feeling as that Arsenal game earlier in the year. There's probably one of the worst games I've ever seen in my entire existence. Just zero, zero, horrible. Yeah, that was very, uh, yep, this is our job right now. Kind of a performance, yeah. you know what I mean? So, Show up and get to it. <laughs> any uh, any closing thoughts on this, or, or are you ready to move on? Ready when you are. Okay. We're putting this one behind us, you know? <laughs> Uh, I've uh, I had a choice. I can keep that, or I can watch the paint dry in my laundry room. <laughs> Which one? Watch more some inside? paint, Jerry. Yes. All right. So, coming up later this week. It's a busy week for uh, for Everton. Southampton sure. on Thursday. Wolves on Sunday. Um, and it's a it's a let's be honest. It's sort of a crappy stretch. Um, if Southampton uh, was was like was playing the way. Southampton has in the past, it'd be it'd be okay. But right now, Southampton actually looks pretty good. Suddenly, uh, they're in form, really yeah, in form. That uh, Hassan Hudel, uh, hell of a name, hell of a name. Got to give props <laughs> yeah. to that name. Holy cow! Every time I pronounce it, despite the fact it feels right, I I don't know if it is. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's Thursday. Southampton's 13th right now on the table. They're 13, four, and 16 with 45 points. Their pre- previous three matches. They uh, most recently uh, beat City 1-0, which, what? Included uh, an incredible Che Adams goal. Just sidebar, an incredible chip from 40 yards out. Amazing. First Premier God. League goal. Yeah, that's a, that's a way to start, brother. Goodness gracious. Uh, they Before that, they beat Watford, which, you know. Watford. Okay. 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 And then they before that, they lost to Arsenal 2-0. Whenever we play Southampton, we got to watch out for uh, – 
well, let's be honest, Danny Ings, that guy, that, you know, I don't, I don't like him. Nah. But he nah. always, always finds a way with us. Um, and usually, you know, who else? Redmond usually looks good against us too. Mm-hmm. I have him circled, Nathan Redmond. Yeah, I bet you do. You have to yeah. every time. Every time we have issues with that guy. Um, and you know, Ward Prowse is always playing dangerous balls, and Adams, Adams uh, yeah. starting to deciding, hey, I'm gonna start playing uh, playing well now, right before I play Everton. So, uh, what are you thinking about in terms of what do you think we should expe- expect from that Southampton match after such a an uninspiring meh performance from from Everton on Monday? You know, I want to say that there could be a pretty significant shift in team sheet come the Southampton match, but I'm just not entirely sure what he changes. You know, I think Yerry Mina comes on against Tottenham and plays really well. And so, you know, then he throws his name in, but Mm -hmm. yeah, (laughs) be gritty. I think it's going to be really gritty. I think it's going to come down to probably a goal again. Most of the Carlo games have been about a goal difference and Mm -hmm. I could see one goal either way being the difference. Really quick, one of the things we didn't mention from the Spurs game that we should mention moving forward for this week, uh, Holgate's injury, that's oh. why Mina came in. Right. Um, Mina, I feel like he had a little bit of rust here or there, kind of overrunning plays here every once in a while. Yeah. Um, but he's still Yuri Mina. He didn't make a ton of mistakes. Uh, did you notice any drop-off, and do you feel like we're going to see any any – are you worried about that particular combination after after if we're potentially missing Mason Holgate? Uh, not particularly. I think it's kind of one of those things where I think Gary Mina can slot in for Mason Holgate and do a job. I would, you know, preferably not be Holgate. Not keen either. You know, no injuries would be great. But I think Gary Mina slots in and does fine in that role. Okay. Yeah, I because uh, they I mean, they're just so quick up front. This is a right. quick. This is a quick line. You know, their their front line is quick. And uh, I would have felt a lot better having our quickest center back involved. I mean, right. who knows? Maybe maybe it's just a I, I don't know the most recent uh, info on this because this injury just happened yesterday. And it seemed like it was a knock rather we than. We haven't really heard, heard a lot about it either. Yeah. And with knocks, I mean, you never know. He, he could be fine on Thursday right. or he could be out for another two weeks. Just depends on where he uh, I think he got it on like a on like a tackle, uh, a foul. Yeah, it was it was that really really dangerous slide tackle. He put him right outside the box, just yeah. absolutely cleated somebody. And yeah. Kind of <laughs> pulls up, it happens. It was a great tackle though, full blood. I tell you. Yeah. Yeah, and you like somebody that's going to commit like that, and mm-hmm. you know, um, so so no Mason Holgate. I I think after we watched um gordon play like that though i think we, we i think it's very possible we see him start oh i don't i don't think you can keep him out honestly i don't yeah. see i don't see how do you think we see a uh gilfy andre gomez central partnership or do you think tom played well enough to retain a spot and gilfy's lack of effort is going to go is going to be punished a little bit See, it's tough because you have to kind of field what you have, and we don't really have a lot to move around. So I think once you take Gilfie out and you say, I'm going to go Andre Gomez and Tom Davis in the middle, then what are you doing on the wings? Because you have Bernard. You normally have Theo Walcott. He's hurt right now. So, I mean, you've got Bernard, Anthony Gordon, Fabian Delphi. That's it. I mean, Iwobi. I mean, mean, Iwobi. 
I mean, I, I mean, I'd be fine if it was Iwobi and Gordon, even though I know he didn't play well. I, I feel like we need we need some speed. Yeah. Um, and whether he starts Tom Davies or Sigurdsson and Andre Gomez, I know our our center center mid partnership didn't do well, didn't yeah. do great. But it was really a question of of linking up play, you know, rather than them, you know, effort wise. You 100%. know what I mean? It's just, it was, just doesn't click at the top sometimes. And I think that's where we really have issues. Yeah. And it would help if they were, they didn't really try to carry the ball much because I think they were out, their, their athleticism for the opposition was more than they, so them carrying the ball, they were just going to get, you know what I mean? Like the, you know, right. they're going to get tracked down against Spurs because Spurs has some athletic people in the middle. So, know? okay. Here's here's something I've been thinking about. I'm not really sure how this works in a 4-4-2 per se, but how would you feel about putting Richarlison over there on the wing and then maybe slotting Moise Keenan up top with Calvert-Lewin? Because then you sort of have a little bit more pace over there. And I know Richarlison's not doesn't have an excellent final pass in. Mm-hmm. But he's used to the the problem with you're you're mentioning. I think it's a very valid possibility. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, I don't know. I, I think Carlo usually prefers to start four four two. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, but but and Richarlison is more of a four two three one type of a forward. See, that's the thing. He's just a little too deep for him. I think is the problem. Yeah. The, the idea of him like tracking back too much that gets him so far away from the goal and hinders a lot of his potency. Right. Right. That's one of the reasons why he's playing so well is we're getting him so much closer to the goal. But right. to be fair, dude. I mean, I, I I think it's good you bring this up because we need to be talking about this because Richarlison's uh, pr- preferred position, let's be honest, is that left forward position when he likes right. to cut in and take those right-footed shots. You know, uh, he's not really the kind that's going to go down and cross. Right. But you know, he angles in beforehand to try to either connect with other people or get that quick shot on a breakaway. Um, that's the problem. I just don't trust him defensively. Uh, yeah. In terms of the the work on it, and I'm not sure if I want him that far back. That's a tough one, dude. Because is that's that true. a solid? That's a that's an inspiring starting eleven you just mentioned, though, with Moiskin up top with uh, Calvert Lewin. So do you think that Carlo has faith enough in Moiskin right now to throw him into the eleven? Because we haven't seen that in quite a while. I don't do know think... if it's I don't know if is it is it lack of faith in Moiskin or just the fact that he wants to shore up other positions and he doesn't want to sacrifice t- the two hottest hands on the team right now in Calvert. Lewin I was going to say, cause that's the thing, your striking partnership up top has been so good and it's yeah. all the goals are coming from. It's really, really hard to even justify making a change, which I think is kind of unlucky on Moyes, but yeah, it's unfortunate it's because he's, he's looked, uh, you know, he's looked okay. He usually gets chances. Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, I don't know what to do on that. Um, I don't think it'll happen. But I, I think it's definitely worth conversation, you know, because what right. you're talking about is potentially maybe the most potent 11 going forward. But we ha- we have such a strong defensive shape right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only re- way Spurs scored was, you know, fluke. Yeah. You know, it was a total fluke. Their other chances were were OK. Uh, Son, you know, put some wide, put a few right at Pickford. Mm-hmm. But. You know, uh, defensively, we look okay. So it's almost like if he's going to make changes, he'll change one of the center mids. He'll probably go with Gomez. Right. And he'll probably, I I agree with you. I don't think he can, I don't think you can keep Anthony Gordon out. 
Um, I think that's one of the reasons why he started on the bench was because maybe he wanted to be able to start in midweek because he knows this is a rough stretch. He does cycle through players. Oh, that's a good point. That's He's a good point, good. actually. He's usually good at that. You know what I mean? Balancing yeah. the workload of players. He's very smart about that. So I'm wondering if we even like see Leighton Baines in one of these games coming up. Sidebar, it's a real, I think it's really unfortunate timing for Mason Holgate getting hurt because I think this would have been a perfect game to drop Andre because he just looks exhausted. He does. I'm not, even, I'm not sure he's 100% fit. I think if, if any time, this would have been a great time to experiment with dropping Mason Holgate up there in a defensive mid totally. type role and then just put Michael Keane and Yuri Mean up there. You don't have to compromise a lot in formation. Mm-hmm. Let Mason Holgate kind of you know, run around, slide into people in the midfield, and maybe give us a little more edge, a little more defensive prowess out there because we didn't really have it. Such a good suggestion. Somebody else suggested that on Twitter, but I'm going to give you credit because you're the first person to say it out loud to me. Ah. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) I read it. it. I read it somewhere, and I was like, wow, that's a great idea. We've seen him do it before. But they didn't have their voice in my ear the way you do right now. So I'm going to say this. (laughs) Jacob's plan is what we say. It's my plan. Trademark. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So anyway, um, so we've talked about danger, man. We talked about some, some formation possibilities, which will do spill off into wolves, by the way. Um, but let's, uh, you know, what's the, what's the, do we feel like we're going to beat Southampton or do we feel like this is going to be a a draw or are we going to drop one to a, to a hot team? I think it probably needs to be a win. I, I have, I, dro- I didn't have a lot of confidence for Tottenham for whatever mm-hmm. reason. You know, it was just one of those games. But I feel pretty good about the Southampton game for whatever reason. I think 2-1, 1-0, not spectacularly beautiful or anything, but I think we get it done at home. I'm going to say nil-nil. Nil-nil. Yeah. I'm oh, predicting the, the boring. The paint, Jerry, the paint. The paint, so much paint. Oh, the paint, Jerry. I am Jerry of curdling milk. Yeah, it's just... I, I, I just, I don't know. After this last performance, I see us trying to, they're quick. I see us doing a lot of, you know, trying to chill and get back. I think it's all going to depend on their defensive shape. I agree. Because I thought we defensively did our job against Spurs and we had a few opportunities. They were just more disciplined. I just don't know how good, I haven't watched Southampton enough after the restart. I just know they look also, good right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going to say nil-nil. It's, a, it's, it's sort of safe. But I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. I'm not going to say nil-nil for the Wolves game. Wolves, mm. who who are your danger men? Because if you, I feel like the first one jumps off the page, literally nine. in three D. Oh, you're not even thinking of the one I'm thinking of. Oh, really? Yeah. Who are you calling out? I was gonna say Triore. Oh, oh, of course. The mountain. <laughs> An absolute behemoth of a man that runs faster than anyone I've ever seen. I don't understand how he still has mobility because usually dudes, when they get like super bulked up, see, I have this problem. Right. Guns. He has so (laughs) many of the guns. So, uh, but no, it, a lot of, I know, I feel like with Ross Barkley, uh, you know, the the guy with the crayons, uh, he, (laughs) (laughs) I feel like he got too bulked up and lost some of his quickness. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so I, you know, but Traore is just like, he it's almost like he gets faster. He's gotten quicker and his, and his final ball has been better. Cause that was always the knock on Traore. Good right. man to man could right. get around anyone, had no final ball, couldn't score, couldn't get assists. Well, he can do that now. And he's, yes. he's just, a, I think he got the start this past week up top with Jimenez or playing near Jimenez. Uh, yeah. But Jimenez, I think that was who you were going with, right? 
Yes. Uh, that combination I, has been lethal. Traore, I think, for me, is Champions League top caliber player now. Yeah. Just too good. Scary. Yeah. I mean, you always have a reliable player like Ruben Neves for, for them, who is just a solid, mm-hmm. solid, smart player. Jimenez, though, I look at him and I'm like, number one, he plays for Mexico. And so I'm just like, I have, you know, I, I'm not one of those like angry U.S. soccer supporters. You know what I mean? Call me, Where, ap- call me apathetic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, uh, you know, I. So I actually sort of like watching the Mexican players play because I'm like, oh, oh CONCACAF, yeah. But yeah. I'm, not, I'm usually not saying that when they're CONCACAFing the crap out of us mm-hmm. in, like, Mexico City and Azteca Stadium, and they're pulling a CONCACAF, like, three of our red cards to them with, like, six goals, and we can't breathe because the air is so thin and <laughs> pollution so bad. Ugh. <laughs> but for now, Jimenez, dangerous. But you remember when we almost... We were like gonna sign Jimenez. We were we were like rumored to be signing him. Yep. And everybody's like, oh, he's really good in the air. He's a smart player. And I remember watching like video of him. I'm like, well, he doesn't look like he's got that much speed, but he does look good in the air. And now you see him like he just links up play so well. His one touch finishing is so good. Yeah. Incredible striker. Yeah, he's solid, dude. Um, so uh, just throwing out there, Wolves play Sheffield on uh. July 8th. Um, they recently. That's... Oh, I'm sorry. I was no, going to you... say that that can end up being a pretty important game for Europe. They're right around each other. They are. That's a really important game. And, and you we know play what? both of them coming down the stretch, actually. But the cool thing is we get Wolves right after Sheffield. Right. Hey, hey, uh, okay. that's not bad. Uh, their previous three matches, they lost to Arsenal 2-0 in kind of a weird game. Mm-hmm. Uh, beat Villa 1-0 um, and uh, beat Bournemouth. Yeah, another weird game. And before that, they beat Bournemouth. Um, sixth, you're right, sixth, 13, 13, and seven, and 52 points uh, in the league. So how's Wolves going to shake down, dude? Uh, I hate predicting the losses. <laughs> they, their front line really scares me, and I think their midfield might have a really good time against our midfield, depending on how we line up. I don't think it's going to be men against boys or anything. I think we play them really tough. Mm-hmm. I think 2-1, 3-1, Wolves. Okay. I'm flipping that around saying 2-1, Everton. I think we catch them on the the uh, the rebound after, after they've played a really important game. Uh, I think maybe they'll be – They'll be a little tired, and our games just aren't as much of a consequence right now, are they? Right. You know what I mean? Their games matter a lot more, and I feel like when they have one that's got a lot more importance, I don't know, maybe they just slip on defense. You know, they're sitting there battering us chance after chance after chance, but nothing actually on goal, and then we slip Calvert-Lewin in. And see, I almost, I almost want to agree with you just because Sheffield United, I feel like, is one of those teams you play them and they just wear you down for 90 minutes. They're, yeah, with their weird uh, overlapping center back system, which yeah. is very strange. I'm curious to how they do next year. I feel like this year, this is the year where people are adjusting to them. They're like, oh, we got to figure out how to play them. And next year, I'll be really curious, man. I really want to see how. Because a lot of you times. You think that's a drop off? I, I, if I have to pick. One or the yeah, I'm gonna say a drop off. I don't mm. think they can maintain what they've done this season. It's great. It is impressive. 
Uh, and are, do I like watching them play? Yeah. But I think because it is, I think they're solid, but it is a little bit of a gimmick. I agree. Okay. I don't want to disrespect them because, hey, I'm all for, you know, <laughs> being able to implement gimmicks and bringing the, a, a weird way of playing. I'm down with that. But I do think we're, I think the rest of the league will catch on a little bit. I'm yeah, not saying, I don't think they're going to get relegated or anything. No. Nah. But I think it'll be lower than like eighth. Yeah, I see them like lower mid-table next year, and I think the the gimmick thing is fine for them because you see a team like Norwich that comes up with them, and their gimmick is almost the complete opposite. They want to play this really free-flowing football where they're mm-hmm. running forward and just pushing, 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 and it hasn't worked for them at all. Yeah, and that's so the thing. Credit, to where, credit where it's due. Chris Wilder, amazing job. I mean, that's off. Yeah, yeah, man. It's Norwich is a weird one because you're right; they are playing free-flowing football. Then, then, then they leave themselves wide open in the yeah. back. So, yeah. Anyway, so anything else on Southampton Wolves, man? Or are we uh, bracing for uh, for a tough week? Yeah? <laughs> bracing. Braced. That's, Hunkered down, Jerry. That is, that, is our, that is the description of us right now. So let's move on. Next topic. Final topic, if you will. Wow, hold on. That was not the best throw. Much better. <laughs> Damn, better. y'all should have seen that. So good. Man, should we be recording this or something? So, lastly, we're doing this. We just have to. I feel like it's obligatory. You oh, know, for sure. Summertime. Got to talk about positions of need. It's, you know, window-ish. You know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, and right now, it's obvious we need a lot of stuff. You a know? lot of stuff. Is, is it realistic to say, oh, let's sell all our dead wood? No. You know, Bronze, Mr. Bronze, he's back there. I don't know if you can see him. Uh, he's he's slowly trying to get the best deals he can on everything. He's right. trying to get it figured out. He's methodical. Sorry. I know a lot of people are down on him because some of his signings haven't worked the way they wanted them to. But, man, I just feel like he's too damn smart. I think he's great. I agree. Um, I agree. So, uh, no, we're not going to be dropping everybody. But the cool, the hope is we address some of these positions of need. So I've got four positions of need written down that are pretty dire. Um, what do you think off the top of your head? Unless you have like, Jake, Jacob pulls out like a list, like a mile long. <laughs> Just off so, the top of my head, the two, two biggest positions, probably midfield and right back. And then a winger, maybe even two midfielders. Mm-hmm. Midfield, right back winger. Nah, okay. that's, that's about all I got. Um, Desperately. I'll be curious if we go in for a backup keeper of some sort. I think it's mm. going to depend on if we're good with Losol or if we want to the uh, the young Portuguese guy who's been on the bench since we've been oh, three. John Virginia. Yeah, John Virginia. Yeah, uh, I'm really curious. I just I don't know how much to to trust him though because he went to uh, was it Reading and just Reading and he was really on. poor. He was bad. I don't know if that could have been a psychological issue, uh, like he just got really shaken and couldn't recover from it or what. It just didn't work out for him. So mm-hmm. I could see us going in for a backup keeper, but that ain't the, the position of most need. I don't no, agree no, with that. no. Most need, we got to look at, I think you're, the three that you pinpointed are the three that I wrote down besides backup keeper. Right back, which could be backup. See, that's the thing. Right now, Seamus Coleman. Seamus Coleman's been great. He's doing a he's, job. Yeah, he's like risen, you know? Uh he looks good, uh, but 
the problem with Seamus though he's he he is older and aging. He, yeah, and he, he it's hard for him to put a long string of games together a lot of times. So having that extra person that backup becomes more important than a typical backup. His right. backup is more important this year than it was three or four years ago. Right. You know what I mean? Just because. So has he lost his like? No, he's Seamus effing Coleman. You know what I mean? He's fine. He's doing a great job. He's fun to watch still. Love the guy. But right. sometimes he gets tired and I don't know if he's if he's full strength. So a quick question for you then. How do you feel about John Joe Kenny? Because that is potentially a backup slash future replacement. And I am pretty high on John Joe Kenny. Some people don't seem to be as high as me. I would love to hear what you think about John Joe Kenny. Okay. I watched him play. I'm sure you've played, seen him play a lot for Schalke this season as well. Uh-huh. Um, I thought he looked good in Bundesliga for the most yeah. part. Made some silly mistakes here or there. But, I mean, young player. Right. It, it happens. I worry that speed wise there's some issues i feel like having uh, I, I i worry that he he's going to struggle with some of the speedier wingers That's I, my I, I could see that for sure um i love him i think defensively he's strong i think he's i he's got an attitude that i genuinely love he doesn't shy mm-hmm. away from the game you know i i but i i'm just concerned that it's a risk to bring in somebody who might need to be the starter next right. season if something happens with Seamus in terms of, you know, aging, form, dipping, whatever. It's an important signing in that they might not, they may need to be the starter, and I don't know if I'm ready to say John Joe Kenny's the starter yet. I think it's a risk. I think I agree. You know, it's hard. And I don't like saying that because I love the kid. I love John Joe Kenny. Oh, I, I specifically love him too. Watched, watched Schalke play this season initially just for him and Weston McKinney. You know what I mean? Oh, Weston McKinney. There you go. American yeah. Toffee. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's another player. I think we may be discussing him sometime next week. We'll see. Um, but. Um, radar. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't know. I'm trying to figure out if he fits or not. But he's a good young player. Um, it's a good question, though. But John Joe Kinney, I don't know if he's right. I don't know if he's right. I feel like we need something that's going to bring the athleticism in terms of speed and quickness that the Premier League dictates. Uh, God, I hate saying that, but it's just, it's... Reality. It's, yeah, I know, man. Just sucks. I hate saying that about a kid that I've believed in for a long time. I, I think we keep him in the squad regardless. I think that just purely as a bench option, See, I if Seamus was leaving, then I would keep him to battle with whoever the replacement person mm-hmm. would be. But I think we'd be nuts to lose Seamus with that cool head of his. Oh, I that, agree. That captain quality, that class. It's just, you know. So if you got to choose, I feel like you you roll the dice on, on a new player um, that maybe has some kind of experience. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, mid. Is it more <laughs> important, that midfield position, than the right back? Or that right wing. Yes, I am. I am sold on our midfield needing an overhaul to a pretty large extent. I just, it's kind of like what you said. It's not happening overnight, so you have to be realistic about what you're getting this summer, especially with a really weird market. Mm-hmm. But I think one at bare minimum, two would be great. A defensive mm-hmm. mid, an attacking mid would be great. I was all over the James Rodriguez bandwagon when all that was happening. Yeah. And now they're saying, you know, yeah, have him for free, basically. And I, 
I mean, go crazy. Why not? <laughs> Throw him in there. See what happens. I'm curious to see what Carlo would do with him. I just, it's just weird players like that that I associate as being like a either either playing on the wing or playing a ten. Yeah. And we don't have it. We don't play with a ten really now. You right. know what I mean? We don't run with that kind of system. And so that's what's we, happened to Gilfie is because he, he hasn't had his natural position forever. So he's yeah. been. Yeah. You can you can make a similar claim for a Wobie. You know, these are two two players that can be game changers at certain times, but are playing in in areas of the field that maybe are are not where they need to be. Um, but I mean, Hamas Rodriguez, I almost feel like if you sign him, you sign him to to play outside, to play yeah. on the wing, um, to play that right side, which I have no idea if he's fit for. But that's the thing. If we sign him, you know, it's a thing where I'm just like, Carlo, you know what you're doing because you know the player. Because he's right. worked with him for like 80 million times. He's like, <laughs> Car- Carlo's like, hey, man, I got a YMCA team. Come play for my YMCA team, Hamas Rodriguez. Every <laughs> every team he's on, man. Right. Every one. So, yeah, anyway. Um, so, if you're deciding between right wing or center mid, Center mid more more important still. Depending on, on what, what you do, do with Theo Walcott, mm. I think there's decide like just like Morgan Schneider. I think you have to decide is Theo Walcott good enough to be a squad player, mm-hmm. at, like or does he need to go all together? Because if you're getting rid of Theo Walcott, then you have to get another winger because we yeah. don't we just don't have enough. Just because, especially if you're going to keep playing or Charleston up top in the system that mm-hmm. we're playing, we are too thin on the wings where we're having to throw tens and midfielders out wide. And I think it's hurting us going forward. So, yeah, I think you have to go get a right wing. Yeah, I, I'm actually, as far as Walcott is concerned, I I don't know if he's if he's a starter, but he's a natural white right wing. And he's the yeah. only one we have. Exactly. That's the problem. You know, there's not so I I can't. I'm trying to imagine a scenario where we let him fly, and I just can't. You know? I think he gets a one year deal at least. I, could I don't think it. he's been terrible either. It's a shame he got injured because I don't think he was playing bad at all. I think uh, he came in and a lot of people wanted to naysay him, and he had certain games where it was just sort of yeah. not. But it was also, you know, it was sort of a victim of the circumstances as well, just like a lot of players were. You know, when Carlo came in, I was like, okay, I'm trying to look at these players differently to see how mm-hmm. they're used under Carlo. You know, um, so uh, yeah, I could see us holding on to Theo. Um, so right now, I'm thinking center mid's most important. I, I agree. Uh, and we're connected with Alan right now. I like that link. I was going to touch on him. He's really good. He's really good. What do you <laughs> want? He walks into our team. He, if he comes, I'll pay for the bus. Come on, get in here. <laughs> Beautiful man. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'd be I'd be ecstatic if that happened. It's it's interesting. How do you feel about laying out that kind of cash though for a, a player who's who's not like 24? Right, for somebody who's like 28 or 29, it's it's hard because he's a proven talent. You know exactly what you're gonna get him when he comes over here, especially because he's worked with Carlo. Yeah, Carlo loves the guy if he wants him. He obviously knows who he's getting. But you know, if you're looking and saying this is a you know, two, three, four-year project, three probably minimum, right? Mm-hmm. 
he'll be 32, 33 at the end of that window when you're hoping to be competing. So then right. it's just, all right, now we have to ship him out and do it all over again. Right. But for me, if you can get him and the wages aren't astronomical, it's no brainer. You have to get him in for me, at least. I would, what do you think? Uh, see, I'm, I'm on the fence. I like him a lot. Um, but I also really want a, a just somebody with a little bit more youth and ju- that is just an absolute just I want someone who's going to be as impactful as a Drissa Gay in the middle as far as yeah. being a ball winner. We missed you know? that guy. <laughs> just someone who's just going to crunch, you know, I want Do you have someone- a name in mind. Uh, you could maybe say somebody like uh, I don't know about Sangare, uh, that yeah. the guy from the French league from Liga. Uh, I'm trying to remember who he plays for Toulouse. Maybe I'm trying to remember yeah. who it was. Uh, he's a good he's a good player. Uh, and but I don't even know like he's he's big, long, athletic, mm-hmm. um, decent decent passer. Inter- intercepts a lot of balls. He's a good ball winner. I don't know if he's I don't know. I, I'm so it's. Can we just get a dress of gay and be done with it? Can we? Can we? <laughs> Thank you, Jerry. We move. It's, it's all I want, man. <laughs> back. <laughs> no, and again, if if Alan happens again, I I feel like Marcel Bronze is going to to make smart moves here. Um, if he ends up signing someone older, there's going to be a contingency plan of some sort. Right. You know, so anyway, if if it happens, cool. Uh, I like I said, I would prefer a little more youth, uh, a little more somebody that's going to be around a little longer that could help become the identity of the team, but uh, someone who's going to be intelligent and experienced and help be an engine in the middle ain't bad either. See, and also with that, I forget so many times he exists, and I'm not sure if he really even does. It might have been a strange fever dream, but we have Gabon sitting on the sitting in the wings which is really uh, carlo, young dude carlo dropped truth bomb recently it was just like oh by the way he may he may be ready by september september and that's what that, that'll be third or fourth game of the season and and i was under the impression that he wasn't going to be playing like for a while this until this like the beginning year. of next year yeah yeah so and he's a player that fits exactly the, the thing i'm saying like, that's long term like i would love for him to still be you know, you are, I, I kind of worry about him psychologically at the moment. So, you know, that's hard. Second that time around injuries? rehab. How does that not affect you going into tackles? I right. Know. You know. But he but, looked a he looked a really good player over at Mainz, and I think he can be really good for us if he can stay healthy. Yeah. You know, ideally. Uh, it does, signing someone else does take pressure off of him. That's a good point. It does. And I totally had forgotten him. Uh, and, and he's another one. He's been so hard. I'm like... I don't know. I just I have difficulty telling people like I wish they'd just leave. Uh, you know, with him, it's like I I want him to I want him to kick ass. I want him to do well. Yeah, me too. You know. Um. Anyway, anything else on these positions of need besides all of them? One more. One more. Right back. Shout. Max Aaron's Norwich thoughts. Oh, he's good. No, he's quick. Yeah. He's good. I've had my eye on him for a while. And they go down, frankly, you can get them pretty cheap, perhaps. And, and is it a situation? Can you envision a situation where they're not going down, dude? No, they're they're done. You know what I mean? So uh, the players are not happy. Uh, I think he's going to get picked up by somebody, and I do think he's better than lower lower tier talent 
I think he is at least mid Premier League talent in terms of athleticism, speed. I would probably be more comfortable with him coming in than John Joe Kenny. See, I think I agree with that too. I, for him sitting a year behind Seamus Coleman and just kind of being able to spell him for a year and learning a little bit, I think would do him a world of good too. And the thing is, he started. He's already started in the league. And let's say something happens to Seamus, and Seamus has got to sit down for a month with a pulled hammy or something. This guy can play. And he's ready. He's good. See that that to me that's comforting. Right. You know, and that's the kind of when you make a signing for a, a backup, you want to be able to say that, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't, I don't think we're going to take up uh, Sadibe's option, even though I think he's well liked. So. Yeah, it's a shame because I do really like him. I think he's out the door. Yeah. All right. Anything else on this? Are you good? I think that's all for me, Jerry. All right. That's probably all for me too. Uh, so everybody. Uh, that's it for the first episode of Toffee Blues USA. Really appreciate you being here. Want to say want to say thanks to to Jacob. This is actually, believe it or not, this is the first time Jacob I, Jacob and I have actually spoken instead of just <laughs> typed. So this is you're witnessing it. Just saying. So Jacob, thanks so much, man. It's good to it's good to meet and talk to you, man. Oh man, it's, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for thanks so much. Yeah, any any time talking talking Everton with this guy is always cool. Uh, and you live close enough to where at some point we could actually at some point go and watch a game. Oh, that for would sure, be awesome. So yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, even though it's <laughs> not like Chattanooga's two hours away, it's more like seven. But still, <laughs> come to Finley it's, CCFC play. Oh, that'd be cool. Oh man. Uh, so. Anyway, so uh, what else? I should probably tell you to follow. Yeah, uh-huh. I have Plug plugging it. to do. Plug away. The plugging happens. So <laughs> uh, you should probably, uh, one of the things you should realize is that uh, Jacob has been a contributor to the Toffee Blues. I should have said this earlier. Wow. Uh, he's been a contributor to the Toffee Blues website for a while. Uh, he's He's been dropping articles on there with all kinds of uh, Everton content on there for a long time. So you should definitely be checking out the website. You can see the stuff he does. You can see a lot of our contributors have put content on there, but you should also watch the other Toffee Blues videos. Um, there's good yes. folks on there. They're rad and they're smart. And Love our dudes. yeah, and every once in a while they let me hang out with them. It's kind of kind of cool. Jerry. Oh yeah. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, so uh, also try to make sure you follow the Toffee Blues on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, and, uh, you know, funnily enough, I actually have something to plug myself. Finally, I have a book, a children's book that was developed on the Toffee Blues podcast and YouTube channel. Randolph the Christmas Moose is actually real now. Let's go. So that's the silliest thing. The fact that it just came from me mistaking a reindeer for a moose and all of a sudden it's a thing now. So, uh, awesome. you can, you can see on my Twitter page, you can see how to find that on Amazon. It's, it's of, uh, of Toffee Blue's origin. Um, so I guess that's it. Hold on. I, I dropped my card. I got to make sure I throw it. Uh, Jacob, thanks again, man. Uh, let's, uh, let's hope for a, a decent showing on Thursday. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Thanks. Right. Thanks, for, thanks for talking with me, Jerry. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. You take care. Love the kit. And, uh, for everybody else out there, y'all be cool. It's good to see you. Thanks for hanging out with us. Bye. Let me let me do a better job. Bye.